When your pain outgrows your fear, you will change. In 1935, two alcoholics, Bill Wilson and Bob Smith, were at the end of their ropes, and after years of failure, began to create what eventually would be known as Alcoholics Anonymous. Rather than relying purely on willpower, AA designed a system which focused on confession, surrender, and community. While on the surface it appears to be about alcoholism, in reality it has a much broader scope. It's a rigorous reflection on human nature, of man's need for confession, his need for connection, and man's need for God. It later went on to spawn Celebrate Recovery, which we will be referencing today. Here's the show. Step one in recovery is a step where you get really to this point of surrender. It's a surrender step, and we step out of denial. What does that mean? It means that we just get to this place where we're willing to be completely honest with where we're at, and we admit to ourselves the exact place we're at. And if our life is unmanageable, we're willing to say it. I didn't do that until I absolutely had to. I was coming to the, the end of the road and, and sort of nearing suicide. And Dad went through some real heavy stuff, too, before hitting that. And I don't know if that's the only way, but for me it certainly was. Um, was really um, getting to the end before, before breaking in that way, before allowing the illusion to break. Most people don't go to the dentist until they really need to. There's an issue that's really... You know, got them out of bed at night. They re- something has really rocked their world, and that was me. I, I got involved in this because I was really in denial of issues that I was dealing with anxiety and depression, and uh, and I really needed some help. It got to the point where I was having some panic attacks, and so that drove me to the point, almost like going to the dentist with a tooth that needs to get pulled out. You can't even save this thing. It needs to be yanked out of there. And so that was me. I'm winding up on step one, coming out of my denial, because I needed to. I was out of options, almost like Jonah in the Bible. He was out of options. He's in the belly of a fish. So there's a saying in step one that when your pain outgrows your fear, you will get help. So anyway, my pain definitely outgrew my fear, and I was on my way. So they go right from step one to step two is immediate relief. And that is, I came to know God exists, He cares for me, and He can restore me. We immediately turn towards God. And I think that's so interesting in a culture that would would not agree with that. But people who truly need help, and truly, I mean, without status or without trying to appease or please somebody when you really need help you're going to turn towards the lord as if you're going down in an airplane you're not worried about what the person sitting next to you is thinking anymore you're just saying oh god you're crying out oh god so step two we came to know god exists and he cares and he can restore awesome so even just the one two punch has already changed the situation Moving right along, step three is we turn our will and our life over to the care of God. Something, again, we're taught to be in control and have control, and we're very competitive in our culture. 
didn't realize that this is something when you give it up that you gain. And that is, I turn my will, my life, over to the care of God. Yeah. So. And I think about the, um, in the Adam and Eve story, the idea that the serpent presented to them that they could be their own God. And that every single day I struggle with that internal um, impulse. That, that I think it's one of the most core struggles of being a human being is that deep desire to be my own little God. And to decide right and wrong for myself and to be the master of my little universe or whatever. And that, that is sort of the heart of pride in that, um, again, I don't mm-hmm. tend to leave that place unless I have to. And I, you know, I'm trying to get to a place personally where I leave there voluntarily. And I voluntarily just walk and hand everything over to God, even if things are currently okay, knowing that if I don't. You know, um, that at the very least, life will be meaningless without him. But, like I said, I tend to wait until things are really bad and then um, go to God and say, what what went wrong? Um, and this process, I think, is a process of, of desiring and learning to go there voluntarily um, m- more and more often to say, um, I'm not the master of my universe, and I do not decide right and wrong. There are things above me, and there are things to know which I don't know and um, that are worth knowing. And, you know, when I was real depressed and all that, I couldn't think about anyone else's problems. I couldn't think about anyone else at all. And so I didn't hear them. I didn't see them. And I didn't learn anything, so I couldn't enjoy. I, I didn't enjoy anything, no movies, nothing. I could not enjoy anything. Because I could not experience anything outside of me. It was me and nothing else. And that is the heart of being suicidal. Is when you and your problems are the only thing there is. And that this is the antidote to that way of living. I love it. You know, it says in this step, it says, I will turn my will and my life over to the care of God. You know, Zach, if you have, you sit through these podcast you realize you know he is so introspective and being extremely honest it's really what happens in these three steps is that you stop protecting yourself because you're turning your will and your life over to the care of God and if you haven't done that then you're still trying to protect and maybe you're still trying to send off this vibe of a certain you have this certain reputation or you're trying to protect something that isn't honest and once you've tasted honesty you really don't want to go back and you just it's hard to go back and so anyway if uh there's that saying i'm a self-made man and yeah if you're having trouble you probably are and in this step you learn to turn that over to god so now we've just placed our life in the care of God, and so things can be different when you realize you're not the one that has to have all the answers. You're not the prime minister of the universe. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's move right on to step four, and step four is where we lose most people, and this is maybe why you haven't already. You, you know, if you listen to this, you've known about recovery. You've known about AA, and you've known about CR probably, but... For some reason, there's a fear, and it's probably this right here. Step four really scares people because it is step four is we take a moral inventory, a fearless moral inventory. 
That's when we get totally honest with everything in our past, whatever may sneak into your dreams at night or whatever may slip into your subconscious and just kind of hangs out there. And when all things seem okay, this one, you still have this dark cloud that just seems to be off in the distance is going to come get you. It's because you haven't done a complete moral inventory. There's still things in your... I guess in your situation that are just causing going to cause you trouble. And There's a few skeletons in the closet that yeah, yeah. This one's tricky because this is a process that takes when you do a moral inventory. Just it, you really want to be truly honest, good and bad. It's another thing. They don't. It can't all be the bad things that happen. It, you can. You're supposed to balance it mm-hmm. because you know we have all done some good things too. We have gifts. And we have talents that we've given back to the society. It isn't all bad. Mm-hmm. But this one is the one that, believe it or not, this is probably at the root of bad thinking, depression, fear. This one right here. If you're not, this is the definition of honesty. If you're able to go this to this level and then open and shine light on these areas, there's no place to, for, for, uh, the darkness to come get you because you've already shined light in it. So something to think about taking a fearless moral inventory and you do it with somebody who's already done it. Usually you do it with somebody. Yeah. It's got to be somebody you trust and it has to be somebody who's done it. Somebody else who's already done that. So anyway, that's step four. How exciting you've lived through this explanation all the way to step four that's farther than most people get. People come in and right around this area is where they kind of, it seems to get too honest, too real, and it scares them. And they don't get the miracle because they get scared. And again, the fear, the fear is what pushes them out. But this is a fearless moral inventory. We're not letting fear stop us. Yeah. And what's on the other side of that, I think is worth everything to get there. You know, once every skeleton is out of the closet, like, there's nothing mm-hmm. that I have dealt with that I have not tried to tell everyone of you about. <laughs> um, and and before the podcast, just um, have talked to, talked to people about. And it's, living that way is so sweet because then you just, you're beyond blackmail. There's nothing Amen. that can hold you anymore. Every single secret you had, you've told the right people about already. Yeah. And there is nothing that no one knows about. And when you live in a way that there is absolutely nothing that no one knows about, you never feel the same ever again. That, you feel a freedom. Awesome. That's you feel good. a freedom that you didn't have before. In that. the Bible, this is the, the, the Catholics been doing this for a long time, a confession. They have this confession in movies. It, it's great to put in the movies. But it is a principle. Yeah. In James five four it says, Confess your sins one to another so that you shall be healed. This is a healing principle. If you've been keeping these things without really sharing them with someone you trust, someone that has done this, then you are really probably being tormented to a degree. You're, you're tormenting yourself because you're trying to... Um, anyway, you just don't know how to pack it. You don't know how to sort it out in your mind because it, it's not natural. The thing that happened... It wasn't right. Something went off the rails. Mm. It just wasn't right. It's something. It was something that 
was dark, just something, something went amiss. And you need to unpack that. You need to get healing. And healing happens, and these are some big words in the Bible, through confession and through uh, some surrender here. So surrender, but you don't want to do it to the wrong person, and you don't want to necessarily do it to a group of people unless you are really confident to the point, now I'm willing to share my life like Zach because I'm willing to do it for your sake and for the sake of those that go, oh, he's dealt with that? I probably, de-, you know, if he dealt with that, that's interesting because maybe I can share if he's willing to share. Yeah, but so, CR, if you have a local CR, it is the perfect place because... You don't want to be real honest to a bunch of fake people. They won't get it, and they'll either it'll just it just won't work out. And so CR is the perfect um, or AA really is uh, both are a safe place to to really go there and and to leave those leave that baggage behind and, and never have to pick it up again. And um, it's an awkward thing. It's a really hard thing, but everything after that point is different. That's good, Zach. I, look, at, let's keep moving because we're going to rip down through the rest of these. It's really neat because once you've gotten through step four, you're really changing. And this process, the, the process we went through is probably, it's, it takes different time for different people. It's everything. There's no patented, uh, you know, rhythm to this. It's kind of, yeah. it's up to you how you handle this. It's you and the Lord and try to find someone you trust. So, Anyway, the next step is I was ready for God to remove my character defects. Once you've gone through that fearless moral inventory, you look back towards God and you see where some of these character defects and some of these issues need to go. You are entirely ready to have God remove them. And you see how they don't fit in, how they weren't what God intended, and you're asking now God to help you remove them. And I think about how often I, and maybe we, sort of identify with the, like we identify, sorry, we identify with our character defects that mm-hmm. we go, oh, that's just, mm-hmm. oh, like, uh, I don't know what smoking, drinking, or whatever it is, like, that's yeah. just who I am, like, right. uh, and we, <laughs> and that's fine, if you want to roll that way, go ahead, mm-hmm. this is not to stop you from doing that. But this is to say, when you get to a place where you say, yeah. please remove these things, genuinely, please take yeah. these things. It is your, you're at a place where you say, there is something so much bigger than my, the way people view me, that it's worth anything it takes to get that. That, you know, when you really uh, surrender to God and you really feel like he has you on a path to help other people and to do something that is genuinely meaningful uh, eternally, You'll let go of the way you've been known. Amen. And if you've been known as like the cool drinker guy or the cool whatever Amen. that is, you'll let go of the cool and just say there's something way more important than that. And that, yeah. you know, so I think a lot of the um, sort of miserable comfort zones that I found myself in, I kept myself there because I thought, well, this is who I am. Like, um, and I identify with a, something that. I identify with something that has a little, um, mm-hmm. a little bit of evil in it, right? And because it's who right. I am, right? And again, I again I wouldn't leave that place because I think it's immoral. I would leave that place because the fear or the pain outgrows the fear. Yeah, ten four. You know, a lot of, there's a term that the baby boomers and 
you know, I'm 52. The baby boomers like to say, it's time to reinvent yourself. And I would say it's time to really discover what God truly has created in you. You're made a certain way, but I don't know. I'll speak for myself. I wasn't honest because I didn't do the inventory. I wasn't really honest with my strengths and weaknesses so that I could live out on my strengths. Mm -hmm. And like Zach said, I had darkness and, you know, the sin in your life really fits in either a lust category or a pride category. It fits in either one of those. And so anyway, it's small. It's small thinking to think yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to identify with vices you have to, for some kind of um, cachet or whatever is small. It's just like big fish, small pond thinking that, you know, it's assuming that your life is essentially meaningless so you may as well be known as cool by your friends and the opposite of that is forget that there's something really important that you can do with the rest of your life and that is you can really play a part in changing other people's for the better if if you choose to do that so it's just worth more yeah that's good and you know once you've come to this point when you've been honest and there in step four and five, here you are ready to have God remove your character defects. And you're coming up on six where you're going to confess to someone you trust the exact nature of your wrongs. When you get to this point, you really can touch lives like you just wouldn't believe because you're now walking in honesty and you're also walking in this place where you know yourself better than you've ever known yourself before. But, it, but the best part is yet still up ahead, in my opinion, because we're getting ready to do what is called the amends step. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll make a list of people that have wronged us and people we have wronged. We're getting ready to really forgive ourselves and then forgive others. This right here could take you a week. It could take you a month. It could take you a day. I don't know. You need to be thorough here. And if you went through the, your daily or your fearless moral inventory, this is kind of, it stacks on top of each other, this pattern. You're kind of ready to do this. And you're already at this place where you're very honest. And now it's time to look at the players, the, uh, the bad actors, the people who lifted you up, the people you hurt, and get right. And get right with the Lord. You ask God, and God obviously forgives you. And it's time to forgive yourself, and it's time to let go of those things, those shackles, that really you've been dragging around some dead weight. Mm. You know, there's a saying that goes like this, hit the ball and drag Fred. When you hit the ball, you can't drag Fred down the first base because you get thrown out. Mm. It's time to let this go. Um, Daisy is sleeping, and and she's trying to hear it. I don't know what to do about that. (laughs) Daisy, come here. Come on, Daisy. Yeah, I don't want it to. I don't want it to diminish. No, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a bulldog snoring. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's just start over on this step. So, this is the step where you make amends to those you've hurt and those that have hurt you. This, what was the hardest part about doing this one, Mike? Well, this one got. I knew I had my dad, and I had people that were close to me, 
in this. It was almost like now I knew I had to kind of almost like tip my domino into theirs. I was going to have to touch someone else close to me. And I thought that was going to be, it was scary Mm -hmm. initially. And I knew that, well, again, my pain was outgrowing my fear. So I was going to do it. And I was willing to to really go for higher ground. And yeah. so I made the list. I, I, Zach's on this list. Uh, my other son and all the people close to me. I went to them and I was honest about where I came up short and asked for forgiveness. Mm. And it was, uh, it was really a season that really was changing my life as I was doing it. And mm. it was, I was rounding a real strong turn right here towards a higher ground. And I went to my dad, and even, you know, and I did not go to an old girlfriend, though. Now, catch yeah. this. I did this not. This is the, except when you do so, it harm them or others. Thing. Right. It, it, don't do it if you think it's going to open up a can of trouble. Yeah. And so, with an old girlfriend, yeah. I did not look her up. Yeah. I did not. I just, yeah. I went before the Lord with that. Yeah. And, uh. I felt like if I went back into her life at this time, after, you know, 25 years or so, that it would just... Just be counterproductive. Open up maybe so much more trouble for her. It would be counterproductive for her for me to go into that. So I did not do that. And so be sensitive here to where you think... But don't... You know, there are some people that you... Just don't bluff. Like, there's some people that you want to say... Oh, I ain't doing that because uh, it'll harm them. No, yeah. no, you're bluffing. You just right. don't want to do it, you know. But again, yeah. if you're this, yeah, I guess this isn't for that person. This is for someone who really their pain has outgrown their fear and they're and they're ready for something. Right. They're ready for a change, regardless of how hard. I mean, I did the hard hard stuff, and mm-hmm. and I went to everybody I knew, the close people. I did this. I mean, I didn't hold back. And I didn't want to get this far down the road and then short circuit myself. Yeah. And because at this point I'd already experienced so much, uh, really victory. Yeah. Or relief or whatever you want to call. It. I was sure. I was really seeing life so much better. Yeah. And so I didn't want to short change this, which was always a concern of mine in recovery because I always, you know, being dishonest was an old way of living without even realizing it. So yeah. I wanted to be real honest here. Went for it. I mean, I pulled my mom. I mean, I pulled everybody. I everyone that was touching my life. Then I was, I got on their phone and I just asked their forgiveness. Yeah. And the way you do this is you say sorry and don't use the word but. Hmm. Now, if you use the word but, don't do it. Don't even do this. Don't justify. You yourself. now are canceling out. You just went through all this pain and all this courage to make the phone call and now you're going to cancel the motivation you're going to cancel it don't do it just say hey you know like for zach zach when i called zach i'm sorry for my anger and the way i was so angry that wasn't right i shouldn't have been angry when we were working i got angry through the years and when you seen me argue with your mom and i was being malicious and with my language and stuff that was wrong now, I, do, I don't use the word but right there. Just stop, period. Mm. Then pause, long pause. A pause for the next 20, 30 years. Do not add. Mm. And if you do, you're, you're now going to talk 
around you're actually canceling out your amends your forgiveness mm. your your amends so that's big very big don't don't do that so anyway uh this is a game changer here this is really big okay and we're on the amends i'm going to go through the next three steps real fast there are steps that we call re- maintenance steps uh we did we're we got eight and nine yeah we're going to go to yeah. 10 11 and 12 okay okay and uh anyway the step 10 is these are what we call maintenance steps after you've done the amends we live these are maintenance steps now we live at this point we've experienced amazing recovery you can say or deliverance or healing it's amazing healing has happened by the time you got here and we just we're there's like a you know we're living on a pink cloud some say and it's just amazing to be where we're at here and to maintain that these maintenance steps is what we we live the rest of our life in these three steps step 10 i take a daily inventory and when i'm wrong i promptly admit it so i go back to an inventory so there you've seen that in step four so step 10 is i'm taking a daily inventory and when i'm wrong i promptly admit it in the scripture it says don't let the sun set on your anger this is one of those like brush your teeth type things you should brush them every day if you don't want to be at the dentist so i take a daily inventory when i'm wrong i promptly admit it mm-hmm. step 11 I, through prayer and meditation, I come to know God's will and the power to carry it out. You've never heard a sermon, not a good sermon, that didn't have this in it, where it's saying, hey, you need time to be with God. You need time to figure out where God wants you to be in this day and this time. And so, Which, again, is. is based on this um, presupposition, presupposition that God does have something for you to do. That's that right. your life is worth something. That there is something Amen. for you to do, and that um, it, it's a statement of faith that God show me where to go today and where to go next because I know there is somewhere for me to go. There is something that you have uh, called me to do. Extremely valuable. If you remember step three, I turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Well, here we are again at step eleven. Every day of your life, you want to do these maintenance steps, and it's saying. Now that I've turned my back there or you turned your life over to God, well, God's going to use you, and he'll use you minute by minute. You can do this without ceasing. It says pray without ceasing. Your step 11, though, if in the event that you got too busy or that you got into old habits, you're going to take time every day yeah. to know God's and will I think, and the power to I think it's out. in Scripture um, that do not worry for tomorrow, for each day has enough trouble of its own. And it's this like old uh, adage or whatever that, you know, that you kind of just have enough light for the next step. You, that, you know, what I do very often, including with this podcast, is I go way down the road about how things could go, how they could go wrong, and then I don't do the thing that I could do now. And so what I'll do is I'll find a reason in the future, a fear in the future that will relieve me of my responsibility of something useful I could do today. And I do it all the time. It's one of the things that I deal with in a way that I give into fear uh, habitually. And um, this, just putting this out is addressing that for me. To say, whatever that thing is for you, the things that you could do that are useful in a a deep Mm -hmm. way, don't Mm -hmm. go so far down the road 
and worry about what's going to happen 10 years from now that you just say, screw it, it's all going to go wrong 10 years from now. I'm not, just screw it all. I'm not doing it. And so that's what, that's my tendency is why I bring this up. So that we just have enough light for the next thing. Again, it's a statement of faith to say, I do not know what happens after that. Let's just do the next right thing. Right. I'm going to do, yeah, amen. That's excellent. And I want to do, give you a little test um, on... You know, how well are you doing personally? And it's really, you can test yourself with the last three maintenance steps. Are you somebody that doesn't let the sun set down on your anger? Are you somebody that can say sorry real easy? Are you somebody that is quick to be honest with yourself and your weaknesses? Are you somebody that could admit where you're weak? And there's a saying that goes like this. If you don't admit to what you don't know, people don't believe what you do know. Are you somebody that's that honest? And then the, this uh, this quiet time issue, the you know uh, that that's a big one. Are you somebody that really prays? Are you someone who looks to something greater than you for guidance? Do you have a mentor, so to speak? Are you someone like that? Step eleven. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy to hear that and be like, oh, this is just. I knew this was coming. This is just those. People trying to point out something they do that's good that I don't do so that they can feel better than I am. Yeah, let me take that away from you. If you're feeling yeah. that way, if you think you're getting measured up here, yeah. I am been in recovery for over 12 years, and I'm on day 38 of my journaling. Yeah, I've been journaling for, for 38 days. Mm-hmm. So 38 days out of 12 years, we're still working this out. This yeah. is not like this perfected science. Yeah. It's something I'm working on every day. I'm trying to, you know, each day. And I don't, I surrender better. It's not that I try. It's that I've got to learn to let go more and uh, and do this step 11. And it's really through prayer and meditation, I come to know God's will and the power to carry it out. 38 days on journaling. I'm working that out. This quiet time, there's no measurement that you, it's between you and God. But just be honest about it. If you're someone who is praying and meditating and on yeah. God's will, then obviously you, that's why you tuned into this to begin with. Your yeah. own will wasn't getting you nowhere. Yeah. If you could have figured out your own life, you wouldn't even have bothered tuning in. So this is now God helping you day to day to do something you would have never done. Like I'm involved in music. I have a business that I run. I do things. I'm involved in people's lives in ways I would have never thought. Mm-hmm. And it's totally a God thing. Mm-hmm. And I really feel clumsy if I'm real honest in all that because it really, I rely on God. I need that, yeah. that step 11 to go, God, how am I going to do this? And so anyway, step 10 is uh, I take a daily inventory. When I'm wrong, I properly admit it. Step 11 is to really prayer meditation to know God's will and the power carried out. And let's finish it up. Yep. And that is what we're doing now. Take the message to the world and practice the principles in all of our affairs. I remember listening to an AA podcast, um, and uh, they were talking about the founder, like before the book was written or anything, like as it was just barely being born. And um, he was a real bad alcoholic and had tried really hard to, to stop. And he was had been doing good and was on the edge of relapse. And... Uh, and he found someone that was a an even worse alcoholic 
you know, or just or as bad as he was when he was at the at the bottom. And he said, I got to go share what I've learned with this guy or I'm going to a bar. And, you know, this is that idea that part of keeping it is giving it. And uh, mm-hmm. if you don't give it, you don't keep it. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, I think we're in an interesting place in America. I'm 52. The way social media is and some of the Facebook and Twitter, just all the way we communicate. Yeah. Uh, we're really we're communicating kind of on a surface level and we're all yeah. trying to put our best foot forward. Yeah. This is an entirely different way to walk. This yeah. is a way to say I'm living in honesty. I'm, I feel completely okay in the skin that I'm in. Mm. And I know I got God at my back and he's going to, God is with me. I'm asking for his guidance and you feel life just has more purpose. And mm. I'm telling you to live it, and then to give it away is different. This yeah. is a different thing. And I think we're designed to do both that. Yeah. We're designed to consume and create. But if you just consume, um, you don't have, you'll never get the sort of meaning in life out of consuming that you get from creating. And, yeah. um, well, and as we wrap this up, I agree with that, Zach. As we wrap this up, my prayer for you, everyone listening, is that one day you would be that mentor, or what we call in recovery, a sponsor. I'm praying that each person that's at the tone of my voice could be a sponsor for somebody who is walking away from a dark existence, somebody who wants to get out of depression and fear, and you're the one holding their hand, Mm. so to speak, and I'm praying that for you. Because the beauty of having victory and having uh, a this life that's so much different that's really ordained by God is that you could give it away. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying for each one of you to have that. And maybe it's your children. It could be uh, just who knows. And some of the people I sponsor, I didn't even know, you know, two, three years ago. I didn't even yeah. know them at all. And so it's so beautiful to be with men my age and sometimes younger, sometimes older. And help them out of some real tricky situations. Yeah. It's awesome. Something I read in a, in a book recently in 12 Rules for Life is that the meaning of life is to eliminate unnecessary suffering. And that some suffering is a part of being a human. But that the meaning of life is to alleviate unnecessary suffering. And God will use the suffering that you have been through already to alleviate suffering of the people around you hey guys thank you for being with us today um if you enjoyed today's show please share it with a friend word of mouth is the absolute most valuable way to share these ideas um also i wanted to give you an update on the schedule i am hoping to bring you something every week moving forward i still want to do interviews and i'm thinking those will be about once a month but i want to have something every single week uh, moving forward so thank you for being with us and uh i'll see you guys next week